Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape, and I betrayed my intentions of starting the podcast out with a NPR style opening where I was like, what are you talking about, Jonathan? Hi Geekscapists. <laughs> hey, I didn't notice you there. Welcome to Geekscape, which is kind of a, uh, I'm just batting back and forth with one of our other shows on Geekscape.net, uh, Geekscape Games, which is our video game show, and uh, I made fun of them last week about how they just start the show crazy loud and just blow out and overmodulate all their sound, and then... We, meanwhile, is exactly <laughs> what you did the entire show last week. Yeah, yeah. How <laughs> <laughs> I was just yelling crazy, and then uh, and then they so they started the show really quiet and blah blah blah. But uh, we aren't going to get too inside baseball. Um, we got a guest. Uh, if this is your first Geeks Hey, we're be talking movies, video games, comic books, TV, all the nerd stuff that is uh, fit to put on the airwaves. And I've always got a guest. We've got Kenny Craig here as my co-host in the studio. That's a going challenge, uh, aka Crippled Kenny, up on Twitter and on uh, Twitch, which you've been doing the Twitch live stream and yeah. putting those up on the YouTube channel. Thank yep, you. It's because, going very well. Uh, would it hurt me to shoot a video and post it on our Geeks? TV yes, show. it was, <laughs> and that's why I'm here for you. Here's a story, though. Um, my MacBook Pro is from like 2008. Yeah, mine too. And yeah. I can't really edit very well on it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the screen is like falling off. Like the back of the screen's falling out. Like it's it's like Indiana Jones's freaking right, right, MacBook. Right. I, I, you know, <laughs> because the problem he is, had a MacBook. Problem yeah. is, I would take it on set and it would just get dropped, clunked, dirt, da da da. And now I'm like trying to ed- continue to edit on it. It's just not going to happen. So I need to get a new MacBook Pro. It's within another week or two. I'll have it. I'm going to finish up here with the Prophecy Short. I'm going to do a bunch of other stuff. Cool. I'll put it on the channel. Till then, you can watch Kenny play through Dying Light on the channel. And it's hilarious because, well, you're mobily challenged, and every now and then you have to pee into a bag. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you, you want to watch a guy try and play a video game while trying to spread, like, you know, pee into a bag every now no, and then? No, you do don't it. actually see me pee into the bag. Oh, you so, don't? Uh, yeah, you, you totally do. No, you don't. I'm not going to do that on air. Okay. I mean, I do it it's three YouTube. feet off of the side. If you so, needed to, you could. No, you know who showed up in one of my streams the other day? Who? Roger Craig Smith. Roger Craig Smith, the voice from he, Dying Light. He, he wow. fucking came when, in. When you said what showed up in one of your streams, I was thinking it, an the urine. The urine. <laughs> so yeah. broccoli. <laughs> yeah. Chunks of broccoli that <laughs> went un, like uh, completely undigested. A lot of sediment. <laughs> uh, so guys, if, you're, if you've been listening to Geekscape for nine years, we always have a guest. We have a great geek guest this time. It's Mark Andreco. He's the writer of Batwoman for DC. He's got Wonder Woman 77. It's like the, the new one that's out that's like super hot because everybody liked that Batman 66 comic over yeah. at DC. And they were like... Why don't we do the same thing, but with the Linda Carter Wonder Woman series? Mm-hmm. And you've been loving writing this, or what? Oh yeah, uh, the basic the way way it happened was uh, a little over a year and a half ago. I was having lunch with Hank Canals, who runs DC Digital and Vertigo, and I said, "Batman '66 is so popular. Wonder Woman '77." Right. And he looked at me like, "Hmm." Then like nine months later, I got an email saying, "Hey, do you want to do this?" And I'm like, "I thought it was going to be a one-off, like yeah, the, no. the anthology stuff." And they're like, "No, you're the writer of it." And I'm like. Yeah, well, no one else can write it now. But did you? Suge- <laughs> but you suggested almost like a fan, or did you? Suggest I suggested it. Like, it'd be well, cool, both. I would, I would. I would love to do it because uh-huh. that show was had a huge impact on me. Because you know, kids today don't realize that when I was a kid, we had the Hulk show, yeah, Wonder Woman, and maybe Super Friends reruns if mm-hmm. they didn't get taken out of the syndication cycle. So Wonder Woman, you know, the reason Linda's performance is so powerful today is because she played it like a real role. There was no judgment. There was no camp. There was no slumming. You know, that's why she's remained the Wonder Woman that every person on the planet knows. When you say that to someone who's not in the comics world, you say Wonder Woman, they instantly think They start spinning around. Like, they do the spin. Oh, as a kid, I I went to Catholic grade school, and we had to get up at, like, 6 in the morning, and I hated getting dressed with a tie and everything. So when I first saw that show, I spun around for hours, hoping, hoping, hoping. I'm probably 
gave myself brain damage. You like, like, but but you didn't want to like go down the pole and be Batman. You didn't no, want to jump in like a phone booth. You did it with Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like it's really hot. That's 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 awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my wife did the same thing. You and my wife have mm-hmm. roughly the same age. You've you've yeah. met my wife, mm-hmm. uh, and she's he, he, like they've started the air. Yeah, you traded you traded up with that one, dude. I totally I, like. Yeah. I think I conned my way up, but um, <laughs> but we uh, but. She she was a big fan of Linda Carter because that's hers. Uh, do you and think it, had, it also had the best theme song in the world? It was awesome. You know, anytime you have a lyrics like "In your satin tights, fighting for our rights," come on. <laughs> and, and when you have these guys like like uh, like Tony slash Dan Gilroy or whoever at the uh, at the Independent Spirits talking about the tsunami of superhero movies and how they're survivors okay, of okay. it, and we can talk about it. But yes, whenever you have it, you, you got to understand how completely uh, like this happens all the time. Like in '91, you had Dick Tracy and Ninja Turtles, and you had a bunch of comic book movies and Batman and all that stuff like now we're, we're experiencing it again it's all over TV but it was all over TV in 91 too with John yeah, Wesley Ship's Flash and Mantis and all this stuff in but like I, but I the would late argue 70s and like what's this guy talking about this is just a cyclical thing that happens with Hollywood what would you argue I would argue that it's no longer a cyclical thing I would think that here to stay because the success of the superhero movies with, right. with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and because of the artistic success of things like Nolan's Dark Knight that changed the number of pictures available for best picture that it's become a genre that's been assimilated super fast. Yes, like a western. And or so a thing it's like you know, no one says cop movies. There aren't too many cop movies. I think there 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 are going to be movies about comic books forever. I mean, mm-hmm. Disney's, uh, Disney's already made a profit on buying Marvel, and everyone thought they were crazy for paying five billion dollars for Marvel. And you know, and that's the thing. Let's talk about Dan Gilroy, and let's talk about how smug everyone was at the Oscars. Oh, Birdman's about an actor who finds himself after playing a superhero. Everybody in that goddamn room would kill their mother to produce, write, director, star in the next Marvel movie. Dan Gilroy's own wife was his wife was, was freaking Freya. Freya in oh the my Thor. god! Yeah. The hypocrisy that that smug Hollywood. Now I get why the the, the, the conservative, the the Fox News watchers get annoyed with Hollywood because it right. was just such smug, self congratulatory bullshit. And I think we we consider ourselves fairly liberal individuals. But oh yeah. After a while, it, it was, well. well you're not. <laughs> you're not. Um, but 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 yeah, you're right. It got it got obnoxious. And, and most of the nominees have been in superhero. Absolutely. Movies. We were watching this uh, this yesterday, and at the end of the Hollywood bro- at the Oscar broadcast, the first thing I could be like, well. At least Hollywood's not racist or sexist anymore. I'm glad that like they purged that from their systems if, in this. If there's a genre we can get rid of in Hollywood besides the boxing movie, which only has one of three endings. Mm-hmm. One of them's a broken, uh, broken neck. Thank no. you. <laughs> well, Kenny still needs the broken neck movie. No, okay? no, no. He Fuck still needs movies for himself. No. Fuck that you don't shit. Want that? I fucking hate that shit. You like, want the bionic shit where a dude turns into a robot and can walk again? Way much better. Uh, way, way better. Turns his wheelchair into a weapon. But like what? Four out of the people like uh, during during the Oscars last night were like, "This is for all the people with ALS who have some sort of disability." Fuck you. We don't want a represent like a representative for us. Like we just want to be normal like everyone else. Don't you think? No, don't like don't. If you could have a representative, you, if you could have else. a representative, who would it be? No, uh, Wonder Woman. Okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. <laughs> can we call, can, can we call an end, can we call an end to the genre of white people finding themselves in the wilderness movies? Well, no. The, the white tramp? guilt is oh insane. Oh my god. Oh my god. If I see one more entitled white person go find themselves in the desert because their dog died. Oh, Jesus. Well, I don't think I, well, I don't I don't I, I the problem I have is that um I don't think these minorities would have learned how to play these sports and win if it wasn't like a middle-aged <laughs> white guy who could come and like yeah. tell them like hey you're play you should be playing baseball instead of cricket or like you're not running fast enough you Hispanic uh, field workers. Uh let me help you discover what it's like to be successful in a white way. Uh because god forbid you guys actually be minorities and explore your own culture. Let me give you a little bit of white shedding and now you guys can have they the, know the road to winning. Cuz I mean 
mean, Ke- didn't Ke- isn't Kevin Costner doing the exact same movie that like Madman was like do- like did last year? Well, no, his For- is his is about Latino baseball players. Where no, his uh, was about Indian baseball. <laughs> no, like, Mad Madman was the Indian baseball. Yeah, Indian players. baseball. This, this is about Latino about baseball players or Latino like cross country or something like that. Oh, like, oh, yeah. It's like, like, dude, they know how to run. That's how they got here. They know how to fucking run. Okay, <laughs> as a Mexican American, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, they know how to run already. I'm They're in this. America. <laughs> they know how to run. I'm convinced they have a Mad Libs for white person helps blank minority inspirational sports it's movie. It's like a James Bond and Mad they Libs. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's just, they just erase it and change it. And, it's, yeah. it, and I think that the, 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 the white Hollywood thing, uh, and, and I know, I, like, I'm half white, you guys are white, and this and that, but it's got to be said that like, I don't want another James Bond movie. It's going to be exactly like the last 30 James Bond movies. Uh, my big success last week was having Luis Guzman retweet the fact that I want Luis Guzman to be my Bond. <laughs> like, mix it the fuck up. Because, you know, when you got some guy with chiseled abs, he's good right. looking, you know he's going to get the girl, you know he's going to ba- fight the gay element, which is what these villains are in the Bond movies. It's just about insecure male fantasy. And which is hilarious. Is the exact same. If Bond was a real spy and really as good as he was, he, would be, ha- he had to have had sex with men at a couple Exactly. <laughs> he, he'd suck <laughs> many dicks. No, he just would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you oh, got to get inside. Oh, my God. He's that, a that power, power bottom. bottom yeah. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, power slot. No, 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 no. See, see, when you cast one of these good-looking chiseled dudes, it's like you know he's going to save the damn planet, right? But if right. you cast Luis Guzman, you're like, well, he's got an upward climb <laughs> if he's going to really get the secret code or stop the nuclear device from going off, and you know, or if he's even going to reach the pedals of that amazing car or boat <laughs> that he's driving. But when he does, the drama is that much higher. Speed. I mean, it's like so Dr. much Jones. bigger. Yeah, I want Luis Guzman as my Bond, and I know Idris Elba looked good in that suit last night on the Oscars, but let's just skip the Idris Elba conversation and take it right to Luis. I think he's right for it, and he retweeted it. That means it's an endorsement. I'm ready to cast him as my 007. You're going to direct this? I'd like to see a female Bond, actually. A female Bond would yeah. be cool. A female Bond would be awesome. But, do, but then now now you're writing uh, One Woman 77. You're writing uh, Batwoman, mm-hmm. which I guess is ending with Convergence. Uh, yeah, it's ending with uh, issue 40, and then we're finishing up the storyline in the second annual, which comes out like... I think two weeks after the and Convergence show. is like another big like DC event where <laughs> I don't know what I mean I don't know how to feel about DC like I love comics and I read DC and Marvel and I read all the indies and so I read I spend a lot of money on comics each I know week we've seen the boxes that came out of your garage it's problematic but um, why do they keep introducing potential jumping off points for these readers because things like Convergence is like well if you're just going to reset the continuity that's not what they're doing though. I know I'm that's just worried that I'm worried doing. that that's what the depiction is well, no, I don't think so. I think with the announcement they made of the 24 new titles that are all sort of standalone and each have their own personality, the success over the past couple of years of things like Hawkeye and Mark yes. Wade and Chris Samney's Daredevil. And, and Batgirl, the new, which I like. The new, the new Batgirl. I think she's great. And, you can you know, tell her influence on the new Spider-Woman. It's, it's, it, you think? Like, it's for, it's uh, crazy blatant. That costume, I was but like, wow, she's why get guys, But why get like hopeless for these guys to write that book? Why don't you get these female writers to write those books? Well, I think you get the best writer, but you can't. Okay, okay. I, I think it's very I, political. You no, said that. I, I, think that's I, I agree that as a gay man, I don't ever want to be hired because I'm gay. I want to be hired because I'm the best guy for the job. What if you yeah. were being hired to? Uh, never mind. Uh, well, if it was, a, if it was, a, it was <laughs> to be Bond. If it was, <laughs> yeah. I was going to use the word Blumkin, oh, but yeah. I got it. <laughs> if it was as Henry Cavill's valet, then of course. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, him doing so, pirouettes, so, fantastic. So you were saying with the, like, the, these new designs, twenty-four yeah. of these new books they're launching are all sort of soft continuity. They all take place for the completest geeks in the DC universe. But they're all they're all the way comic books should be. I always joke, you know, that soap operas were the best comic books because if you watch a soap opera 
one day you're homesick and you watch it like this is crazy. I don't know who right. people. But after a week, you're kind of addicted. Fuck yeah, but all if, my children. But, but if you revisit, <laughs> fuck yeah, all my children. <laughs> but if you revisit <laughs> it like thirty years later, it's the exact same storylines. It's just right. the illusion of change. And Kevin Smith said it on like we were his first podcast, and he said like it, comic books are just stuck in their second act. Well, the problem and that is it. it's not even that. The yeah. problem is. If you watch a soap opera, if you've been watching, it's Days a problem. Of our lives, or the joy of it. No, I think it's know? a problem okay. because the continuity is no longer the tail wagging the dog. It's a flea on a hair of the tail wagging the dog. You tell the best stories you can and ignore the continuity that doesn't serve your story and embrace that. Going back to the soap opera metaphor, if you watch a soap opera for a month, you have an idea who the characters are. But if you've been watching it for thirty years, there are still characters you know, and there's nods to continuity. But you don't need to know that stuff to get what's going on in the story. Right. You know, it was one of the things Jim Shooter was really great at back in the day, at the heyday of Marvel in the 80s. Every issue was somebody's first issue. You've got to make it accessible. And I think Casada has said that. I think Casada has said that, but I don't know how effective I'm, it's been. I mean, it's easier said than done. Yeah, because you don't want to have You don't want to have the info dump every first two pages. But right. when it's done right, you know, I didn't, I didn't pick up X-Men with number one. Well, guys, uh, we got a lot of comics to talk about. We got we to gotta really talk about the Oscars. We got to talk about everything under the Geek Sun. Uh, but we got to also stop for a break. We'll be right back on Geekscape. Hang with us. We got tons more with Mark and Draco and Cripple Kenny over here when we get right back. Hey, Geekscapists, you can believe in yourself, and uh, thank you for being back here in Geekscape because it means that uh, you didn't give up on yourself and go find something else to do. So, uh, hey. Welcome back to Geekscape. Believing in us means believing in yourself. Believing in so us if you stop means believing in yourself. Stuff. So thanks for being back here. Because you know what? If you hadn't returned, I probably would have just stopped talking. I, you know, hey, don't take that as an invitation to walk away. But we still have tons to cover here. Uh, we got to talk Oscars. Uh, Mark, I love the knowledge on the comics, man. Because honestly, like when I see one of these big comic book crossovers, like Marvel and DC, especially in like this economy, I start looking in as much as I buy in comics, I'm, I start looking for excuses to stop titles. And I start looking for like jumping off points. You know, well, that's, and what, that's what they're seeing. They're seeing that these big events are diminishing returns because, you know, once again, back when I was a kid and listening to FDR's fireside chats, there weren't big events. You know, right. Crisis on Infinite Earths was a big event and there wasn't another one for years. Like maybe Secret they, War over Secret Marvel. Secret Wars but was that was a self-contained book. That was at book. the same time. Yeah, and there was self that was self-contained. You didn't have to less. read all the other stuff for the most part. You but just had to got, read the Secret War. It's gotten that these companies every six months, there's another event that's going to change everything. And they never finished Inhumanity at Marvel. Mm-hmm. At Marvel, there were like two Inhumanity books. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And then that was the end of it. And I'm like, wait, what happened to the end of Inhumanity? Like, that's my running joke is like, maybe in Battle World <laughs> we'll see the ending of Inhumanity because... Like, they just stopped that crossover. The biggest, the thing I'm looking forward to most from the Marvel Secret Wars thing is they're reissuing, they're redoing the Marvel Secret Wars activity book. Oh, that's cool. With stickers and, like, coloring pages, and they're doing... Those were my action figures. Those were my Marvel action mm-hmm. figures, like the four, or, you know, I guess with the head, it's like it's like five art- points of articulation. Those the are little, those action The little figures. lenticular shields. Lenticular shields, and I was like, dude, these are awesome. Yeah. And they were the best design, because you got the brown-yellow Wolverine design, that, will go, that Doctor Doom is the classic, the Magneto's the classic. Like, those were the best ones. Yeah. Um, and Secret War was cool. Was there a Beyonder toy? No. Like, that's crazy that Secret War is, like, brought upon by the Beyonder, and they made a line of all the Marvel toys except the Beyonder. But I guess you could have gone out and, like, got any, like, 70s disco dude and just been like, here's the Beyonder. <laughs> like, you could have just gotten some dude who's, well, like... For Secret Wars 2, it looked like a, <laughs> you could get a Prince doll and spray paint it white. Yeah. He had, like, he had like a weird jerry curl. Yeah, yeah he, I, I, think, I think he looked like, what's his name, uh, from Coming to America, who had the soul glow? Like, uh-huh. you know, the dude from ER? Yeah, Eric LaSalle. Eric oh, LaSalle. Yeah. Like, he looked like Holy a white shit. version of Eric LaSalle. And I was like, that's your freaking, like, big villain in a Marvel comic is, like, a white dude with a jerry curl? All right. That's Things pretty, have been worse. That's pretty scary. 
It's yeah, it, or awesome, however you see it. Um, okay, so I was talk, talking to a buddy of mine, and, and, and we're talking about all the comics and, and this and that. And uh, and you guys know I write comics, I write the the Miami Vice stuff, and that's fun to do. And I have my little creator own thing, but um, we're talking about like how big these comic book movies are, and they don't really trickle into the comic book shops. Oh no, no, more people saw the Avengers opening weekend in Peoria on a. At a 3 p.m. show. Right. Then read every comic book combined. And obviously, like, with these Star Wars comics that Marvel and mm. Disney are putting out, you've got, like, huge sales on, like, the brand new Star Wars books. There's three Star Wars titles that have started up over here at Marvel. And for the most part, I think they're good. I like the Jason Aaron one and this and that. I still think that, like, Al Williamson is my guy to bridge A New oh, Hope yeah. and Empire Strikes Back. That stuff was classic. But um, I don't think it's going to make a dent. Even if it's selling a million copies, I don't think but it's going to be But it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to. Tell the me what the, you think. The comics industry, the corporate comics need to sell certain numbers. Okay. But now that they're owned by movie studios, they could probably write them off as R&D, as research and development. Okay. Because they just have to develop ideas. Publishing comics is cheaper than development in a lot of ways. Right. And you're ameliorating it because you can reprint it and sell it as trades and that sort of thing. But the comics, the comics world for if you're I'm not slowly do this. Oh, I'm sorry. yeah, no, it's good. It's if good. you're not doing, if you're doing creator own stuff, it's like cable TV now. There are so many different markets that you don't need a huge audience to be very successful. How many people watch Mad Men? Like a million, right? But as everybody talks about it, it's a huge success. So books like you know, then you have huge hits. I mean, you have things like The Walking, the Walking Dead, Dead or Brian Vaughn's great book Saga, which you know. That book sells crazy. I mean, he's making more money off that book probably than if he'd sold three or four. Or the Malarverse. Although, yeah, absolutely. You know, but, you know, we had all that money for Kingsman over the weekend. <laughs> whether whether you like these books or not, you've got to respect that the creators are making the profit, right. not these corporations. And it's about time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because y- you tell you talk about somebody like Bill Mantlo or somebody who like saw his creation pop yes, off the but screen. Marvel apparently Marvel yeah. has really really taken care of him. He created Rocket Raccoon. Among uh, other things, and, yes. then, and then he fell ill. He was the he, biggest. He was writer. hit by a car, yeah. mm-hmm. like a hit and run, and then he just fell ill, like in the '90s, and he just like never recovered. And then of, of course, like like you see Rocket Raccoon making a ton of money for Disney, right? And the, like who's the, where's the creator? Somewhere in a hospital bed. You know what I mean? But they have, they had a private screening for him. I heard. Okay, and, they, and they've done a lot to help defray his expenses, which Good. is cool. I, I like it when they do things like that because you shouldn't have to be shamed into being cool to the people that you're right. making billions off of. Right. You know? And I guess, um, you know, Robert Kirkman said it a few years ago, but, you know, in, in kind of what I call the uh, Captain Obvious video where he's like, if you're getting into comics, you don't have to write superhero books. You write your creator own stuff because that's what's going to pop off. And it's, of course, easy to say for the guy with The Walking Dead, <laughs> you know what I mean, to say something like that. <laughs> well, he's like, wasn't, you can make millions. It's easy it's for like, him mm-hmm. now. It's easy for him now. Absolutely. The, you know, the first issue of Walking Dead is one of the few comics in recent memory right. that's actually worth a lot of money because its print run was like 7000 And I totally love being in Midtown Comics as a graduate you know, film student in New York and like seeing it and being like, uh, I'm over zombies. I'm putting it back <laughs> on the show. And I, I did the same thing with Why the Last Man. I was like looking at the first issue and I was like, well, I gotta tighten the purse strings. I don't think I should be buying this comic. We'll put it back up. Well done. Could have sent you to college, Kenny. Yeah, as my again. son. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but yeah, uh, is there is there just too much or not enough? You have creator own books yourself. Like, like, are there is there still gold in these hills? Of course. That's like saying, mm. is there are there too many movies? Are there too many books? Are there right. Too much music. No, it's just a matter of finding the right thing and what whatever you know. It's the old cliche about writing, but you need to write honestly. You need to write something right. that you'd be willing to shell out four or five dollars a month for. And uh, is there a disadvantage if you aren't linked up to one of these corporate entities, like no. uh, like even IDW or so, or, or like a dark horse or something like that? Have 
uh, almost like upstream deals like the record labels used to have where it's like, okay, IDW, or, or Boom, for instance, has an upstream kind of thing with Fox, or this and that, like, like where's the advantage there, one um, versus the other? Uh, you know, I work for all the different publishers. I've done a lot of creator-owned stuff. I've worked for the corporate He's a hooker. But He's I, a but comic hooker. But I, I should w- introduce somebody like, comic hooker, Mark yeah. and Draco here on the show. Yeah, I have a cold sore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shaped like Pac-Man. Uh, no, but, I, you know, I like working for as many different people as possible. There's no one way into this career. You right. can be a Robert Kirkman and start out with your independent stuff and then go work for the big corporate comics and then go yeah. off and start your own planet. Or you can be someone that starts at these corporate comics and then spins it off. Or, so you know, so not all. it's like acting. Not all actors can do stage and screen. Some can do one. Some can do both. Not all comic writers want to write their own creator-owned books. There's a lot of really great writers who want to play in these corporate sandboxes that they grew up in. The, the right. That, that for them. Like Brian, Michael Bendis. No, 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 no. No? Brian, he, he wants to do Brian his own does, things? Brian does both. Brian's does got both. tons of creator-owned things. His well, show, he did early. Like, what else he's got? Oh. Show, Powers is going to be pre- premiering, I think, March Oh, in, in, you're right, you're right. They, you know, that is, we, that we is creator-owned. Did, we did Torso together. Did torso with him, yeah. He's got a bunch of other stuff that he's got going on. Good for him. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's totally But man, he, he has become the voice of Marvel. Like he's yeah. become kind of Marvel's like uh, one of his their chief arti- architects. Wouldn't yeah, you argue yeah. that? Uh, no, he's ab- absolutely. Yeah. He's on the creative committee. I like his X Men, man. Oh, no, it's great for him, you know. And I get it. I mean, if somebody offered me the keys to the kingdom like that, if I could still do my own stuff on the right. on the side, absolutely. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, hmm. what would you do with Spider Man? Oh, that's a long. That's a whole other. Okay. podcast. Every now and then, when we're not here at T Radio V with Chris and Kevin. Uh, sometimes I take the Zoom and I do like a one-on-one session with a guest. So maybe I'll be coming over to the Mark Andreco uh, secret, you know, cave, and and we'll be doing a, a podcast about. That like sounds vaguely dirty, and it should be because uh, it's Geekscape. But uh, but we but we maybe we do that one where it's like okay, you you design the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So look forward to that forward. nine-hour podcast you coming should, out guys, in the next few months. There there are po- some of these podcasts uh, when I run off on my own, they get like an hour and a half, something like that. No. I'm just passionate about this. God forbid somebody who does like loves comics actually talk about comics you know i may love to comics like too much and video games and toys and amiibos and amiibos That's oh man i got another amiibo i got like Meta Knight i don't want to hear week. about it my skull kid <laughs> statue i spent the weekend playing majora's mask 3d and i told myself i wouldn't open it because i had like script notes that i needed to address and i was like no i'm just gonna take a break <laughs> like three hours Sunday later night. i'm like still saving terminus from that moon that's coming down like <laughs> gone on the third day i'm like what the fuck i gotta save terminus i don't even know what you're gonna say but based on your face i'm with you <laughs> i just made right. a bunch of inside baseball zelda yeah. references and it's crazy yeah. well i want to know why you turn into young don knots when you open toys what is that voice <laughs> no no uh this is me as clark kent that is me as superman i am young don knots this is me behaving uh, oh, that's right. my normal state. It's like the you know the speech right, from right, Kill right. Bill. Mm-hmm. This is that's my normal state. This is my I'm in public state. I have to act like a human, but really, I'm more like that dude who's like, I just ate a bunch of pop rocks. I can't <laughs> wait to read some comics. Love, more cool and funny. <laughs> if you want, if you want to hear more of him, check out last week's episode. That was the entire episode. <laughs> I was crazy. Thanks for Honestly, the warning. Honestly, during the Oscars last night when they were playing that, everything is awesome. Uh, Steve was there. My buddy Steve is sitting in on the studio. I was like, this is the inside of my mind on the TV screen when they were doing the performance of Everything is Awesome and like everybody's bouncing around. The dude from Duvo's there. I'm like, yeah. this is inside my head and now it's on the screen. <laughs> All my friends are here. Synergy. <laughs> synergy. Synergy. Yeah, Synergy's going to send me to a mental hospital. <laughs> I believe it's called Psychotic Break. I think yeah. it's called Psychotic Break. Uh, listen, Chris gave me the wave. We're going to stop for some more ads and like honestly... You gotta come back because we haven't even scratched the Oscars yet, which I think is the biggest geek event that's been going on this week. So we gotta address that. Uh, we'll be right back on Geekscape. Hang tight, all your friends are here. Oh, God. Whee!
on Geeks Game. And I love how Chris just like yanks the theme song. He's like, F this guy. He's nuts. Chris, am I just in, like like annoying the hell out of you and Kevin? Okay. Because like yeah, so, no, sometimes I think I say something. Sometimes I might. Hey, I think I'm speaking. But I, sp- I speak Kevin's language though, because Kevin's like a geek, and sometimes Kevin like gets in on this. Like, yeah, but we, they shook their heads way too enthusiastic. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. Please is, keep is, signing is that like, when, is, is that like, like last night when they uh, when Common and John Legend performed the song from uh, from uh, when everyone was crying? It, well, like they had this whole like emotional thing. It was like you know we're gonna have uh, them speak about like. Uh, you know MLK and all this and then they cut to the audience and like Chris Pine is like the f- only one standing up like crying and and I was like you look a little racist because you were over exuberant standing uh, up there wait, Chris wait, what was more racist um, him <laughs> are we playing this game yeah, well, no, no, on no, the Oscars no, which was well, more racist no no, no no not the Oscars him or me the fact that I turned it off at that during that time no dude I think Common is the man like I love comment. I sat, dude. I sat through all the Oscars, but then when it cut to the audience, Chris Pine is like, "I haven't said a racist word in my life." I, I loved that. That was amazing. That was great. I was like, "You're protesting a little bit much, see, Chris. Why don't see, you sit down common. and go hang out with?" Uh, I thought he was Mark using it to get laid. I thought he's like, "All oh, these girls are going to see me crying at this John yeah. Legend." Yeah, because he definitely needs it. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> I don't think Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. He, he has hard time. Getting I hit a dry there. spell. <laughs> I haven't been late in an hour. <laughs> I'm Chris Pine. <laughs> I've been late since the Oscars started. Uh, man. Uh, so Captain America over there is really beating me in the tailgame, and then I got Chris Pratt to worry about. Yeah. Damn it, I wish he was fat again. <laughs> I used to get all the ass over here as a Chris P. You know, because I keep confusing Chris Pine and, and Chris Pratt. And Chris Pratt, because, yeah. Then, uh, yeah. You guys America. get it. They Captain America. The they all they, white dudes. All, yeah, white, all super the white dudes. <laughs> That's they racist. All look the same. That's racist. <laughs> but no, it's not for you, because you're a half non-white. It's half racist. Yeah, I'm down <laughs> with two Mexicans winning two years in a row. I'm down <laughs> with that. Actually, I'm not, because... Uh, I wanted my hometown hero, the guy who got me into filmmaking, Richard Linklater. Obviously, I wanted him to walk away with the best director and the best picture, and he didn't. Oh, it was a yeah, it was an absolute crime. How that didn't win best picture, best director, and best editing? All the footage they made. She got acknowledged by her peers. Oh, she you know, was great. The whole thing, like, but you know, the editor of Boyhood. But right, I mean. Best director, nah. best picture. Come on, like Sucked. you're gonna go back and get a traditional three act <laughs> structure next year. This year, why don't we just celebrate something that actually pushes the envelope and moves the film, oh, and film and forward? I'm, and I'm not a big Richard Linklater fan. I love Daisy you, Confused, sir. and I loved Bernie, but the rest of his stuff left me cold. So I went into that movie oh. not expecting it. It's one of the ten best movies I've ever seen. The ten best movies you ever seen? You're right here from Mark and Draco. You heard it right here. Um, one of the highlights of my life was talking, how, this is about to get real film nerd up in this. Okay. Uh, you know, I was back in Austin, Richard Linklater, I'm interviewing him, I talked to him about Cleo from 5 to 7, which is another one of these, like, Italian, like, it's, it's a fucking film school movie. It's really obscure It thing. is a real-time movie from literally 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. This woman is spending, she's a pop star, but she wants anonymity for the first time in her life because she's about to go get like, bad news from the doctor. Like Hannah Montana? And it's fun. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's basically like a Hannah Montana. And there's a scene where she's in a taxi. Everybody's smacking the taxi. This movie's like 60s, 70s. And it's a real-time movie like Richard Linklater would do with like Before Sunrise, Before Sunset. So I knew. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, dude has to love Cleo Fries 7. And we talked about it. And uh, I was like, this is the man. I mean, because I like his movies, successful or not. They're experiments, and I like the experiments. I like that he's like, I'm just going to do suburbia, even though it's a, a be- probably a better play. I'm going to try it out, and you, people forget well, he got, did that suburbia. But got a I like that he tries yes, shit out. He tries shit out. No, we've got a handful of directors like that. Ang Lee's the same mm-hmm. way. Every one of his movies is a different genre, whether it works or not. It's always adm- admirable. Uh, the Coen Brothers. Yes. I mean, you yeah. look at those guys made. 
uh, True Grit and Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona I mean, yeah. they're kind of like the Billy Wilder of Raising our generation. Raising Arizona is on another level. You know, a lot of their so movies are on another are, level. We have a handful of directors who are doing that that are really interested. And they in should be it. celebrated. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yes, but and rewarded, rewarded with best best film or whatever. Even if it even if it wasn't just because it was no, an no, experiment. No, it no. was Kenny. It that was, was the easily the best I film of the year. And I and I'm not. I don't think Mark loved Birdman. I did like Birdman mm-hmm. a lot. But I like Birdman for like the self-indulgent, masturbatory stuff that it was as a filmmaker. Where I'm See, like, oh, let's just do this and let's make it about storytelling and film and, and egotistical, insecure actors and da da da. Which is the reason the Academy voted for it, and I'm part of the problem. I didn't vote for it, but you get what I'm saying, right? No, like I'm the same the- kind of mindset that ended up making this thing best picture. But no one's watching this movie in five years. Yeah, Birdman. This isn't pushing the envelope. Yeah, Birdman. I I love the movie the actors thought they were in. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the, the rest of the movie felt like a film school thesis project. I'm like, if you want to if you want to see a continuous shot, watch Rope, where it's less fussy and up its own ass. Yes, and you're making a movie about the, how pretentious people are awful, and it's the most pretentious fucking thing I've ever seen. I and that last that. shot, that last shot was the capper for me. The last shot ruins the movie for me because the last shot violates the visual rules he set up for the first movie mm-hmm. the entire movie her spoiler alert looking up and seeing him no the magical realism stuff only happens in his head right. that can't be and and it, you and don't think you don't think there at the end it transcends you don't think there at the end it's like so but then the, it this part magic? is different the clap if you believe sure. in Michael Keaton no. sure it, movie no. magic smoke no. and mirrors the, then well, maybe that, it's like Jupiter sending and they're all really really yeah, in yeah that dude was going back to Jupiter he was half bird he was half bird the same way that the dude was half bees yeah. the dude from game of thrones was half bees i respect, He's I half respect bird. the fact that birdman is an incredibly well-made movie yes. i just thought that it's it's one movie that people aren't really going to remember in 10 years now what I about the whiplash whiplash was great whiplash, whiplash was, was great. great whiplash was amazing because it felt like you were listening to a, drums the whole time it was it was awesome. i don't even remember a lot of the dialogue it just felt like a drum going session. in i was like i'm not gonna be that interested in in the, the first minute that dialogue that scene of the giant dick over with jk simmons i was well, like this is awesome j jonah jameson is back for revenge this the last is cool. 20 minutes the the last yeah. musical number is like more more intense than watching jaws it was so there was so much going on yeah there was no dialogue it was just brilliant i love that movie i liked a lot of the movies this year like i like I, oh. I even sat through like american sniper and i was like it's a movie. <laughs> like I, I just like being here with my popcorn. I'm like a, I'm like a yokel though. I'm like, this is fun. At least I'm not back in the cage. You know, like I just sit there and watch the movie and I have fun. You know, I like going to the cinema. My favorite movie that wasn't nominated was Nightcrawler. I like that Nightcrawler. Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. gave the best performance of the year, and I, it was um, like watching Young De Niro and Scorsese. You, you know what? Um, I thought. Great performance in a movie that you just see the ending coming too blatantly. Oh, I just totally see didn't see that ending. Oh, he's because like, he's lit that fuse early, and you, I mean, you're just like, man, this is gonna end so badly, exactly for maybe that person, da da da. But like, I just saw it, and I was like, this will not end well. This will not end well for the, the for certain of these individuals. And Don't he's worry, I'm already taking out my Netflix queue. And uh, and and I liked it, and it reminded me of of, of me courting my wife. The same no, way he's like creepy and stalks like yeah. his career. I'm like that was me courting Laura. Uh, it was just like, hey, I got a video camera. But, but why did your, you so hey. s- <laughs> your voice get so low when you? Your voice gets so low when you're creepy, but nerdy yeah, gets I don't high. Know. <laughs> Why has it changed? It's a full range of deranged hey, here at Geekscape, Teddy. It's a full range of deranged. <laughs> I got all sorts acting. of stuff to offer. You want to buy a magic... I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> full um, range of deranged. Yeah, full yeah, range of deranged. Like Ted Nugent. We're here on Geekscape. <laughs> full range of deranged. We have full <laughs> deranged here. Slide guitar. You want to go get some jackrabbits with a harpoon? <laughs> I think that's what Ted Nugent does. 
right? Didn't he like have a mink farm? Um, anyway, uh, there were more movies, and obviously, like the American Sniper had a controversy. I saw a meme almost immediately upon it losing, which was like, well, the All Academy go homos in Hollywood. <laughs> I, I saw that, I saw this meme almost immediately that was like, well, American Sniper didn't win with the Academy, but it won America's votes to the tune of three hundred million dollars. <laughs> Woo! It was like, in Jesus Christ supports America, and I'm sitting there going, dude. Just stop it. Not only that, but them two Mexicans. That Mexican came in here and he took our jabs. We didn't even get the movie. I thought American Sniper was a serviceable movie. I just like that Clint Eastwood's such a subtle filmmaker. Like, it's, I mean, American Sniper is what it is. It's like the movie you have to make so that part of the country can actually go to the movies during award yeah, but, season. But, yeah. but there, are, like, there, are, there are, and this is when I watch my Twitter followers go yeah. down. Uh, <laughs> there are so many other stories about soldiers who didn't lie about everything they did. <laughs> I hear you. I, mean, I hear you, well, Mark. Where's the Pat Tillman movie? Yeah. You know, oh, the Pat Tillman documentary. Oh, that documentary is awesome. insane. That, that, Stop ch- it. Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum, if your agents are listening, you need to play Pat Please. Tillman. Yeah. Remember yeah. that documentary that was he like, gave? He should have been nominated for Fox There's a documentary. Catcher. It's probably on Netflix called Stop. I'm the Tillman, Pat, Pat the t- the fucking Tillman. The Tillman story. Yeah, and so at Sundance, it came out as that title. Yeah. It, was, it was I'm fucking Pat fucking Tillman because that's what he was yelling when they were, his own buddies were shooting at him thinking that yeah. I don't know what the fuck they were Pat shooting Tillman at him. Pat Tillman was a professional football player who had after 9-11 quit football and joined the army and then went over to Afghanistan and was killed in friendly fire but the government the government covered it up and said he was killed heroically when he was actually his head was blown off by a guy who tripped or something with his gun and now what do you think about this uh, animated stuff like Big Hero 6 that made you feel good as a comic book creator that Big Hero 6 took the uh, trophy what do you think of that well I'm going to drop a couple names here but I'm friends with all the the man of Mm -hmm. action guys Joe Kelly and Duncan Rulo and Joe Casey and Steve Siegel so I was thrilled to see this obscure Marvel property that n- people thought was condemned, you know, condemned to the dustbins, win. Um, I, I was a little, I was happy for them, but I was a little torn because I really thought How to Train Your Dragon Two was like the Godfather Two of animated it was a great sequels. Movie. Yeah, it was. It's so up the emotion, and I love that they aged the kid and the subtlety of it. And yeah. you know, and Kate Blanchett playing Prince, uh, playing and Princess the, Mononoke. I mean, and that shit got dark. Yeah. Like, yeah. How to Train Your Dragon 2 has some emotional stuff in it where you're like... Oh, it's an intense movie. Whoa, but I think Big Hero 6 with the Brotherhood oh, storyline, no, right. that was cool too. Uh, that's like the very beginning uh, of like... It's an embarrassment of riches when you say, God, there were two movies that both deserved it. That's no, great. I mean, and then I then I watched... What did I watch? Uh, Princess Kaguya like, yesterday, and I thought that was just gorgeous and on a different tonal level. The only animated movie I didn't see was Song of the Sea, which I totally want to see because oh, that art design looks awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing. I want to see that, and of course we haven't uh, addressed that uh, controversy of of the Lego movie not being nominated, but I think the Lego movie having those like Lego like statues wandering around the crowd yesterday, like how could yeah. that not be a reward? The Lego for the movie is one of those movies that is so brilliant that I'm afraid that its success is going to make people think they can make every toy into a movie. Like right. when is Slinky the movie coming out <laughs> or Play Doh the movie? Right. Because Slinky the movie should be a or horror Gumby. movie. <laughs> I wanted to make a Slinky horror short where like. Uh, a dude is just walking down a hallway. <laughs> a, a dude is walking down a hallway and he, and he stubs his toe on something in the middle of the night and he looks down and it's a slinky and he's like, oh, good. And he just keeps walking and then all of a sudden the slinky goes around his neck like a garret wire and, it's, and, it, and it starts squeezing and it starts squeezing. You see it going into his neck and then his head pops off and bounces down the stairs like a slinky. And then, it, and then it freezes like mid bounce and goes, it's Slinky, it's Slinky, and it's a little short. I just ruined it here. But I was like, that is so fucking stupid, but I'd love to shoot it. A fake rubber head bouncing on the story. It was like Hopefully Laura's not listening to this. By <laughs> I, I proposed with the Green Lantern ring. She knew oh, what she was true, signing true, up for. Yeah. She knew what she was signing up for. Um, but no, she's uh, probably not listening. She just landed. She, she, went, she went out of town. 
uh, for uh, this event in Austin. I flew her there for her birthday to get away from me. Happy birthday, get away from me. Uh, but uh, I had my buddies over, Steve, who's in the studio right now. I had him over. We all watched the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And she's like, do you have fun? And I was like, I need you to come home. Uh, and she's like, oh, you miss me? I was like, I, I eat Chex Mix for dinner. <laughs> like, I, like, I, 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 like sometimes, like, when my, like, this is why I need a wife, okay? Because, like, sometimes I'll be like, it's dinner time. Might as well eat some Mike and Ikes. <laughs> like, it's a, I'm a fucking weirdo. I'm like, I know how to make microwavable popcorn. Like, I'm an idiot, right? Like, I don't know how to take care of myself. But at least you can make it like, like a barbecue with all the comic books. I in made it in three days. Just... The only reason I invited my friends over to watch the Oscars with me is because they could bring food. And otherwise, I'd be like, I think I'll eat that toilet paper roll. It looks pretty good. <laughs> oh, it's used? Oh, I'll eat it anyway. Like, I'm, I'm not a serviceable human being. I'm not functional. Okay? But you guys have been listening to me for eight, nine years. So I don't know what's wrong with you two either. I'm sorry, Mark. I digressed in my own insecurities. You still haven't balanced those meds, have you? There are meds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about craziness on Geekscape, if you guys haven't listened to Matt Kelly interview Shane O'Hare on Matt Kelly's show, St. Mort Show, they tell some stories that are insane. And uh, you just listen to Geekscape Games this week uh, because Shane O'Hare tells a story about how he tried World of Warcraft out. And you tell me if this is gay or not, okay, Mark? Because my gaydar doesn't work. Like... This kid, Shane O'Hare, who I said last week hates women, and I still believe he does, uh, signed on to World Warcraft in 2008. He's like, I think I'll try it out. But he signed it as a woman. And it was like, in his fucking name was like Boobalicious St. Clair or something like that. Like, he signed up as a woman character, okay. trying to be some dude's waifu. And then he was surprised when some dude started like creeping on him in World of Warcraft. And it just, you just got to listen to the podcast, man, because he tells it, this story about playing World of Warcraft and how for like... 30 minutes, this dude is like, hey, I guess you're new to the game. Let me show you around. And then finally the guy, like, chats with him and is like, do you want a cyber? And Shane's like, let me see where this goes. And he ends up in this freaking, like, hut or something. I've never played World of Warcraft, but he ends up in some hut or, like, cave or something where there's a bed. <laughs> and the dude goes, um, I want you to pee in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and I'm sure there were steps. That, 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 Kevin, I'm so sorry. Kevin, our engineer here at T Radio B, is like, I'm so sorry, Kevin, that you had to hear that phrase. But I'm sure that it didn't just start at that fucking eleven, right? Like I'm pretty sure it started like a zero. This no. trep, this trepid geek is like, how do I no. how do I get this waifu? And then I, like then finally like I'm pretty sure his opening line was that I want you to pee in my butt. Right, exactly. I'm pretty sure like Shane had to do some semi like weird. Yeah, because everybody's pretending so, as a girl. Everybody's so subtle on the internet. I was yeah, gonna say it's maybe. the internet. His step one was 11, for really? sure. Really? You think yeah, so? Yeah, And it's but World like, of Warcraft and What do you and think, what do you think Mark? Because I immediately texted Shane editions. and was like, dude, if you're gay, it's cool, man. But, like, you got to admit, like, with the, between you being, like, a brony and, like, doing this shit where, like, some dude solicited you to pee, like, pee, you pee in his butt, like... Is that gay, you, though? You, but I don't know. He, he was it's a girl. Ger- it's very German. Yeah. He was a girl for, like, <laughs> hours on World of Warcraft. I think only to get dudes to pick him up. Mark, is it gay? It's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Shane O'Hare, you're still on the fence about your it's sexuality. Creepy. We still think that you hate women. And, but for some reason, you have a serviceable game show on our network. Why do I continue to support you? I'm creating monsters, and uh, I don't know what sexuality you are, but there's many mysteries here on Geekscape. When we get back from these, we're going to explore a few more. So hang tight on these T-Radio View ads. We'll be right back on Geekscape. And don't go peeing in anybody's butt. Hey, uh, welcome back to Geekscape, and I'm guessing by your presence, 
But you made it through the uh, last conversation. <laughs> Chris is like, screw this theme song. Chris, why do you hate our theme song so much? Uh, do you want me to be honest? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It, the the high pitch part at the end, it really like wow, my soul. That thing, that wow, wow, yes. wow. Oh, so he's got to get it off quick. Mm-kay. Yeah. Just fade, baby. Just fade. And have it super low. Just fade because uh, trust me, like seconds. I, 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 we're gonna get like, like you won't hear it. You won't hear it. I'll, I'll try to mix it at the end for you. Oh, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I love Chris. And I love Kevin. Guys, uh, T Radio V. Watch some of the other shows on here because they've got some good ones. And like, if you're watching this live, like right after us, the worst show on the internet is on. And I know that's the name of the show. It's not my own endorsement. Um, and uh, those guys are really cool and geeky. So they've kind of put us together as like a two-hour power. You know, punch of, yeah. of geek talk, but this is Geekscape. We're here and now. We got Mark and Drake. So that gives people two hours to go do other things. Like <laughs> two hours to be like, oh, a life. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I mean, why I'm not? I'm gonna go have sex. And then I like how they package to us together because they're like, oh, we pepper these idiots in the rest of the schedule. They may somebody, some poor person might end up listening Meeting to them. Meeting them. Yeah, this <laughs> and, be a problem. Studio. Uh, but we got Mark and Draco. He's got Wonder Woman seventy-seven from DC. That's coming up, and uh, he's been writing Batwoman. He's been writing Hellraiser. Dude, Nightbreed, Nightbreed, not Hellraiser, but the other Clive Barker, Nightbreed, yeah. uh, which I think Shout Factory just put out in like a sick edition. Oh, like it's a sick edition. It's crazy. I've they, got it on um, my shelf. Year, a couple of years ago, somebody found some uh, old videotapes of the dailies, and they did a thing called the Cabal, uh, the, the Cabal Cut, and they were touring film festivals with it. And I guess Clive went and saw it and was like, it was like 45 minutes of yeah. footage. Then they found the actual existing elements, and they went back, and Clive re-edited the film, and it looks Is fantastic. that what's sitting on my shelf? Because I haven't opened it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. They, the it, brand-new re-edition of yeah. Nightbreed is sitting on yep. my shelf, and it's that edition. It's, a, it's got an entirely different ending, a entirely different groups of characters live and die. It's really, really fantastic. And do your comics, uh, does your comic line like tie in with the Nightbreed movie? The, like, the, well, how's the it first play? eight issues are four two-issue arcs spotlighting characters we don't really know from the movies. We've just seen the visuals. Right. And then issues 9 through 12, because the series is over with issue 12, uh, take place immediately after the film. And That's Cl- cool. And Clive is involved with it. I mean, it's crazy that Clive Barker reads stuff that I write. And do you meet with him? Um, I have not you met. I him? have not met with him in person. Uh, he thinks he's too good for the comic art form. No, no. I mean, he's Clive. He's a little busy. Let's get but, you on uh, the show. But, but I get notes from him all the time, and it's, it's been a great. I mean, it's crazy to work with someone who who you admire and have them being cool. It's insane. It's, like you know. Yeah. He read. He tweeted like Mark Andrico's book is great. I'm like. I wish Parker. Mike and Draco had been back there to help me write the movie. Like, what if you no, said that? No, Would you no, go crazy? No, no, I'm just stealing from his source material. That's pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah, it's a really fun book. I'm really. It's one of those things where, um, when Ross Ritchie at Boom was doing Hellraiser <coughs> a couple of years ago. That's it. That's why I, I, got I confused, said. Yeah. I said, get the rights to Nightbreed. Get the rights to Nightbreed. Yeah. So I was bugging him. I kind of finally wore him down, and there kind of done a big 12 issue series so you do that with your publishers and i don't feel so bad because like uh i gotta write more miami vice for lion forge and they're they're in and right now i'm writing like the super action man comics for them and that's that's my little book uh which is just my like if a moron had uh like a wrote a comic about u.s foreign policy being like a bunch of like a dude with a machine gun just killing everybody uh that's (laughs) it it's like i just like writing it because i'm like oh what happened in ukraine okay he kills everybody um but uh problem solved but um uh, I keep bugging them, like, oh, get the license to the popples. Like, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm a complete have, idiot. I've been bugging shit. Because you go to those things yeah. in Vegas, that Vegas License Expo. Oh, I don't go to things like okay, that. Okay, but much. they do, and they come oh. back, and they're like, these are the licenses. And I heard, I don't even know if I should be saying this, but we were having dinner, and they were like, yeah, we were interested in, like, a, a video game property. We thought, you know, in, in, and I was like, well, what was it? Atari's like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, yeah, they, they were like, they were like, they were like, you know, it just ended, didn't end up happening. I was like, well, what was it? And they're like, 
was Pac-Man. And I go, you mother... And I was like, I was like get me Qbert and I'll make it like, like, <laughs> like you know, Owly? You know oh that comic God. Owly? Where it's just like ampersands and stuff like that. It's like a cute kid's book. I was like, I want to write Qbert like that. Where I don't actually have to write anything. It's like, Qbert's mad because there's a snake jumping on his square. So totally he has an ampersand. Like, like, I want like a... I basically talk in noises anyway. So like you talk in the, in the talk in sound like, effects of yeah, Qbert. So like, why wouldn't I like want to write a Qbert comic? Like or a minimalist Qbert comic or... Uh, Alf, you, I would, you, would you just be like, that game, Alf? I would want to yeah. do Alf, but with the real life Willie on Alf, yeah. with his, him and his boyfriend like picking up homeless guys and putting a crack pipe out on them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? That really happened. Look, oh, look, look, that it's, guy. It's up. one of the episodes. No, what? the actor in real life who played Willie on Alf, the dad, got addicted to crack. Was yeah, got addicted to crack, and he and his boyfriend would pick up homeless guys and put their crack pipes out on them and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Whoa, Bob, I mean, it. that's dark, man. But Alf, Alf should be like, I don't think you should be doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean, like he eats a cat. It's like you know, but you eat a fucking cat. You're like, what's worse than that? Um, uh, no, I, the, the other property that they do have that Land Forge does have, and they, the comic hasn't come out yet, was Denver the Last Dinosaur. Remember Denver the Last Dinosaur, and he plays nope. like an electric guitar, and he has a fucking egg that he travels back in time from like dinosaur time to now. I definitely really awful. Any of this. It, 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 it was a cartoon, right? And okay. I was like, give me Denver, but I'm going to make it like a goth Denver who's like the last holdout of Sunset Boulevard. So he has all these strung out babes. And then he like goes crazy on drugs because obviously he's on drugs because he's a rocker. I just wanted to explore the rocker and like Why predatory aspect <laughs> of this dinosaur who plays what a guitar. What type of dinosaur is A, he's a rocker. He's yep. going to be fear, like crazy and drug addled. Right. B, he's a dinosaur. He's going to eat flesh. What? No, I just what wanted him like dinosaur? killing people. He's like a fucking T-Rex okay, with a guitar. Yeah, I was going to say, if he's like a, a fucking like, stegosaurus, it, 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 So the dude whose license it was at New York Comic Con, he came by the booth, mm. and I was like, hey, man, just like listen to my little joke about Denver Last Dinosaur. He looked at me like I had punched him in the face. <laughs> like, like, like I was telling him, I was like, I want to do Denver, but he's like strung out, right? Well, I'm and sure like, he's feeling yeah. tons of offers. And he was yeah. like, and he was like uh, yeah. That's not really the. Like, I don't think he got that it was a joke. <laughs> yeah. He thought I was really pitching him this Denver the Dinosaur where he's like eating roadies and shit. <laughs> like, like the guy looked at me like I was. He looked at me like everybody does, let's be honest. Um, so, Mark, when does Wonder Woman come out? Uh, the first three are available digitally right now. It's a what? digital first comic. And then the next three, they, they haven't announced a date for that. And then they're going to collect those in a print version, which will be out at the end of April. And that'll be the first, the like first print. The first two, the, yeah. The, the fir- first I can go into a comic book store and support Mark Yeah, it'll Andrei be, a, it'll be a one, the Wonder Woman 77 special. It'll be the first two stories. And then after that, uh, as we get more of them done, it'll be announced on the schedule on a more regular basis. Are you stoked? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I mean, I get there bright in the 70s, you know. The, right. the, fr- the first the first adventure she goes to Studio 52. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's No spoilers. No spoilers. But those no are all available right spoilers. now digitally on the marketplace. <laughs> Go to your Comicsology. Yeah, Comicsology. Get those. Amazon. Yeah. Okay. And then uh and what's going to happen with Batwoman when when this convergence event happens? Well, I don't know. You'll have to, you'll have you to have to keep reading oh, it. You have to keep reading. But the convergence thing, you're a part of that? Uh, I wrote the uh, two-issue Batman and the Outsiders one. Uh-huh. So it's the pre-crisis Batman and the Outsiders. And you're writing what you want to write with this big company. Oh, or yeah. Like, they're yeah. Not, you know, because like, you always hear the horror stories of like, the big two where they're like, man, they took my story from me. and they, re- you know, But like DC, I know, I know. But we got to address it because you're my DC guy. Yeah, but you know what? People, I'm working for a corporation. Yeah. If I'm going to write an episode of Friends, I'm not going to say, hey, I want to turn Ross into a transvestite cannibal. There are certain... Tr- Rules you have to with follow. a dinosaur and a guitar. Yeah, a dinosaur, yeah, he was running. So, so when you're working for when you're working for a property that you like that someone else owns, you know right. what the rules are. Yeah, I'm not going to bring craziness to it right. and expect them to say yes because, and they're also paying me. So right. you know, 
if the moment I the moment I can't write a story that I feel that I'm would pay to read, right? I just won't I won't do it. I mean, Wrap I, it I, up. I, I'm I've been doing this long enough that I haven't take to take a lot of work. I don't want to. Okay. Well, you can follow Marco Andreco on Twitter at Mark Andreco. The dude is vocal. You got to follow him. And if you don't disagree, if you don't agree with him, who cares? That's what Twitter's about. All right, it's the discussion. Okay, uh, Kerbal Kenny on Twitter. I'm at Jonathan Lennon. Guys, go to geekscape.net, listen to the podcast, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, give us that five stars or subscribe or whatever you do on SoundCloud. But uh, leave us a review and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Uh, we love you guys. We're here every week at T Radio V. We got a website, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. And Chris, I am so sorry you're having to continually listen to the theme song. Uh, but we'll be right back with the same theme song next week. So hang tight. We love you guys. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>